0: Welcome to the SendLeo podcast. My name is Lewis, and we're here with Nick Dunn's uh, um, uh, Shuttle Global Payments. How are you doing? Yeah, great.
1: It's great to be here, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're coming from. So I'm I'm based in London
1: in the UK. Uh, it's um, the weather's not great, but hey, it's picking <laughs> up. Uh, um, we're in a fast-moving world uh, with the pandemic still going on here, but you know we're all we're all doing well. Fortunately, in our industry with payments, things have been not too tough. Um, so yeah, I've I've been working. Gosh, I'm getting pretty old now. 20, 20 odd years, always in like digital roles. Um, you know, leadership roles for the last little while, working a lot with SaaS, um, typically, you know, marketing or communications, that kind of world, strategy. Um, so that's been my bag. Um, but I look after, I guess, what you'd call nowadays, like, uh, revenue, rev ops, or chief revenue officer for Shuttle.
2: Nice. So um, I guess, like, in Europe, you guys have to deal with, like, GDPR and, and all of that fun stuff. Um like, what, is the, what does that mean, like, you know, when GDPR came about, what did that mean for you guys in the payment space and, and how do you handle, like, all of the requirements around that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess no one really knows what it means, but... <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we pretend that we do. Um, you know, no, it's really important. And um, uh, it's the, effectively, the practices have been around for a while now um, across Europe, Um and I mean, really, really in the payment space, it depends. It depends, you know, what part of the payment space you're working in. Um, but but you're, when, you, when you're dealing with payments, you're dealing with like the card industry and, and other requirements as well as GDPR. But GDPR is a lot about how you store and use personal data. Um, so you, you know, if, if you've got a consumer-facing p- business and, and you're collecting card information as well as Personal information, you know, you've got to have some pretty strict processes for how you look after personal data, how you respect people's um, uh, personal data and how they want to be communicated with, you know. So like in the US, you can you can have an opt in on a form for for. Or you can have an opt-out for a form, whereas you've got to have an opt-in for the form for like a newsletter in in Europe. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's some more stringent processes. Um, But certainly if you're dealing with payments and card data, probably those kinds of processes are more strict than the GDPR stuff, to be honest. Um, But it's all about personal data. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we were were talking about um, a little while ago how it's weird how with all the different countries around the world, there's different sorts of like different providers are available in different countries. And um how, you know, technically speaking, there's not really a reason for that to be the case, right? That it's all around these regulations and laws that prevent that. You know, why why can you not have a PayPal account
1: in Kosovo, right? Yeah. Yeah, well <laughs> I mean I saw today in the news that you know like there's a move for a global tax rate for businesses. And it, and oh, it really kind that. of, and, and it kind of falls into that kind of bucket. You know, globalization happened. I remember studying it at school. Um, and, and like this is this, the internet's been around for a while now, and yet we haven't figured out how do we actually legislate and control how companies work <laughs> across yeah. the globe. So yeah, it I mean, it's changing times, but yeah.
2: What are some challenges with, you know, offering payment services globally. Like shuttle global, that's kind of you know what you guys do, right? You connect to all of these different providers around the world and and allow you know merchants to to use what one API
1: for all of these different providers. Yeah, right. So we're we're actually targeting software companies uh, okay. and then by by in effect their merchants. So you know, we're helping software companies effectively have that infrastructure and that tool set that enables their merchants, their customers who sell stuff to, you know, sell stuff around the world. And more importantly, from our point of view, for software vendors to actually acquire customers globally as well. Because, I mean, what's the the point of having a cloud piece of software and you're restricted to one country to acquire customers? Mm -hmm. Like if you've got payments as a feature why can't you go and acquire customers around the world? And so, like, that's one of the problems that we solve. Um, you know, being able, enabling a software company to go and acquire a global customer set, obviously, therefore, increasing their revenue because they can acquire more customers. Um, and then, you know, all of the technical bits and the local legislation that might be in play with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we've, we've got the tech, it's just some of those processes and rules and governance haven't caught up.
2: Is that like the uh, the 3D Secure stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, so that's a that's a big thing in Europe, right? So, um, and and to be honest, it's been a it's been a mess. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> but it, it's it's landed now, and it and it's it's being you know it's in play. So if if you're uh, an, an end customer, you might get a 3D Secure challenge. Um, on your screen or your phone, um, just to verify that it's you. You're actually tr- making this transaction, um, and you've oh, got to you've got to supply a couple of bits of data. Um, the phone makes it a bit easier because the, obviously, if you can use your fingerprint, um, that's that biometric stuff's good. A lot faster. Europe's trying to create, I guess, they would say, processes and structures and governance that is actually ultimately freeing and helpful. Um, but the tech's got to work with that and uh, the payment companies and everyone in between has got to work with that for it to actually result in in the objectives that they're hoping for.
0: Let me ask you, let me, let me switch gears a little bit. So in in the space that you're in, you deal, I'm sure, with a lot of fraud. There's a, a ton of issues when it comes to credit card payments with that. Is there any like tips that you could give to like business owners when they're starting off that they could, I don't know, basic things that they could do to help themselves, protect themselves against <laughs> some of that?
1: Yeah, it's not a, it's not an area that I'm an expert in, and we, we typically like push those kinds of um, things off to the to the either the payment service provider mm-hmm. or you know those third party fraud companies, um, and and there's more of those sort of third party companies springing up now, um, but yeah, I mean, are you asking from a software vendor point of view or are you asking from a, like an end consumer point of view? Just end consumer point of view, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the basics, right? It's it's. I mean, I heard the other day. I saw on LinkedIn the other day, uh, uh, somewhat a connection of mine. His daughter, uh, she got her bank account emptied by by a fraudster oh. um, because she gave away some details. Um, so you got to, you've got to keep your personal details safe, and you'll be surprised how many people. Don't do that. You know, you you, you shouldn't be writing down any of these details anywhere. Um, (laughs) you, You don't want to have the same password pins and all of that stuff. Um says the guy who has the same pin for his phone card and uh, Netflix (laughs) account, but that's not
2: true, by the way. But (laughs) that's like all all his friends who share his Netflix account now. (laughs) They
1: can can also empty my bank account. (laughs) But I think you know a lot of the stuff is just basic. Like it's just it's just being it's just being careful around how you're storing that information. Um, and, and it's generational as well, though. I think older generations are typically more inclined to write things down, share yeah. things freely, post them in like WhatsApp. You know, all of these or insecure connections, you know, th- those things can be hacked. Just don't do any of that stuff. Um, make sure that you're always using a secure web connection. Um, so if you get the little, you know, triangle or error up in that Chrome browser, um, then, then don't put your card details in. Yeah, i I saw
2: i uh, I saw a Reddit thread the other day, and somebody was like, uh, "Hey, everybody in the sub, let's find our birthday partners. What's your birthday?" And like hundreds of people were just like oh yeah this is my birthday and somebody oh that's mine too what year right it's just like what your mother's maiden name
1: what city what was your first pet yeah
2: well yeah i mean i just collect all of this stuff though it's it's crazy how people just willingly just throw that out there you know it's uh I mean, people, yeah. I think p- most people are kind of sketched out about their, their social security number, their credit card number, you know, and I've, I've actually seen a lot of people who are really sketched out about their like routing number and checking account number, even though it's on a check that you would like hand to the person at the grocery yeah. store and stuff. Yeah. 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 But uh, but yeah, I, I've seen a lot of that stuff, just people putting it out online or like there's surveys, um, the, the surveys on social media, right? The like, uh, you know, find out which Disney character you are. <laughs> <laughs> then they ask you like 30 questions about like, you know, your, how many family members you have. and like.
1: Yeah. I mean, fun as filling in those Disney surveys is, I, <laughs> I, you know, I personally would just steer clear of some of that because you don't know who you're, who you're giving it away to. Right. And, and you know, you still, I still throw away like bank statements into the bin, into the trash. And so some of that information, if you went through my trash, you could probably hack into some of my stuff. But you know, we've 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 just got to be super cautious these days. I mean, if you just have to watch the, that first series of what was it? Um, uh, uh, I was it iRobot? No, not iRobot. Um, what was the What was the Amazon with Remy Malik? Um, oh, um, hacker show. Totally forgotten what it's called. Yeah, Mister Robot. Mister Robot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those guys just get into like Facebook accounts and totally steal people's information pretty easily.
0: Yeah, yeah. but you don't have a shredder for your documents, though. That's like, <laughs> you know, like that's. Uh, I'm from Miami, so we shred all our documents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so.
1: no. Even my mum was saying, you know, you need to get a shredder. So it's,
0: <laughs> that's all
1: paranoia. Yeah. I uh, I judged a
2: hackathon a few years back, and there was a kid. Um, a kid there who had this this uh, it was like an RFID project or something I'm not sure what the, the actual com- technology was that he was using but he had basically like used an Arduino and like done all this stuff to uh, if you were standing you know within like five feet of him yeah. um, you know, with an Android phone he could download like all your contacts yeah. and like see what apps you had on and stuff like yeah. that it's pretty creepy um, yeah. standing next to somebody and pull all that
1: stuff down yeah so I guess I guess the Abram answer to your question this is just like you just you just gotta be sensible and, and overly yeah. cautious like there is there's no reason not to be overly cautious um sadly, you've gotta think the worst of people
0: <laughs> well, you know it's like uh, it's like right now, I think in every which way we're having to be overly cautious right i mean you're yeah. you're on the other side of the ocean, so and you guys are a little bit more strict. I'm in Georgia where it's like party time now, apparently oh really oh my god they just opened up restaurants for uh full capacity wow and and there was never not full capacity by the way the whole time so i just you know yeah so we'll see how it's going to be fun
2: yeah i hear there's something going around
0: it's like like a cold or something yeah Yeah. i mean it just
1: depending apparently which which you know variant you get you you might be fine
0: uh, well no, we're, de- we're
1: doing a, I, I mean depending on whether you're an anti-vax uh, skeptic or, or what but like we've we've like vaccinated 31 million people or something in the UK now so we are we're pretty we're doing pretty well which yeah is, which is great for getting getting things
0: moving again hopefully, hopefully. Uh, has has this affected your business what have you seen as far as like in the payment space with the uh, how has that COVID affected that
1: yeah I think I think there are two things um One is the general, obviously there's been a general trend for having to do things online, sell and buy online. So that's great. Um, We can help with that stuff. Um, We're getting, we're getting, we're kind of on the gravy train of that, of that trend, which is, which is great. Um, But at the same time, we still have to do sales. We have to, you know, we're selling to software companies typically. And, And so, if you're doing an outbound sales process and you want to get hold of someone, yeah. they're not in the office, then they've, they might be looking, you know, homeschooling their kids. So they're just harder to get, get through to. People have got, people want to do less, you know, chats online or video calls. So, so the whole, that whole side of the business, we've had to get a lot more creative with, which, yeah. which I don't mind, actually. Um, but I think the other side is that it's forced a lot of businesses to push stuff online. Which is good,
0: yeah.
1: um, and I think a lot of the a lot of the highly consumable stuff. There's no reason why we shouldn't just buy it online. If you want to go and have a high street shopping experience or a shopping experience in the mall, then those brands that have got those brick and mortar stores are now required to make that way more interesting, which is great. You know, pick up all that consumable stuff online, have a great out
0: outdoor experience in the store. Right. Right. So it's all about audience experience now, essentially. Yeah, I think so. I, think
1: so. I mean, we're, we're not so much with the in store, but as a consumer, you know, I, I don't want to go to a. I'm not really interested in going to a Walmart type or a Costco type store and buying stuff. I yeah. can just get all that online, especially in the UK when it's it's a relatively small country, easy easier logistics. I can get all yeah. that, have it delivered to me by the time I get home.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, that you know, if I want
1: to go and try on some new sneakers check out exactly <laughs> what the what the color of white is i want to go into the store and walk around in them you know
0: it's interesting because i think the the restaurant industry is going in that direction too yeah you know how people are it's going to be you know they, they started doing these co-op kitchens where you'd have uh you know a bunch of restaurants cooking in the same kitchen and then just have delivery to wherever from this location and then now you have the high-end restaurants where now it's more about you know the personal experience and everything that's going on so in general that's that's rotating all around retail you know
1: yeah absolutely i think i think on a number of fronts it's forcing it's forcing brands and 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 businesses to be a little bit more customer centric move them forward technologically as well Mm -hmm. um so for example we've got a couple of customers that they provide software for restaurants or bars or, or whatever so that you can pre-order your drinks or food. And then you can, you know, right now in the pandemic in London, you can go and pick it up or they'll deliver it. But what's gonna happen when things open up again? They, they're yeah. still gonna be using this tech, which means that you can pre-order stuff. Um, but that's gonna change how you interact with that, that business, right? Cause maybe you can pre-order it before you get to the bar maybe you can sit down pre-order it and someone just brings the drinks or the food um you don't necessarily have to place your order in the same kind of way so that can be efficient um but it can change the experience and i think we're going it's going to be interesting to see that that hybrid model when things start opening up because tech's moves pretty fast in some of those industries what do you think the future looks like in payments
2: like as, as far as tech moving fast goes right like Um, Are we going to see more regulations that are just going to continue to like tighten things down? You you know, have you heard of any
1: like cool innovations or anything like that um, coming down the pipe? So if you look at the global landscape, there's more and more payments options opening up, um, you know, specific to local markets. um, And so if you typically look at the, the kind of the card as the like, that was the previous way that most people are going to pay for things online even even if if they 're using a wallet on their phone. you know the card is driving the cash that 's in that in that digital wallet but now in europe we 've got things like open banking, which is effectively a, kind of disrupting that card industry mm. and so the tr- the transaction costs are a lot cheaper um, you 're getting those instant payments going between banks now, and you 're getting a lot more transparency. Um, and kind of structured approach to those apis so that that, the kind of rails are changing Um, payments are getting cheaper um, getting easier getting more transparent um, for everyone in the chain to be honest Um, and then of course you've got you've got the bitcoin fans and all the cryptocurrency guys you know i still haven't paid for a beer with with bitcoin yet but
2: you <laughs> is know, that we'll your see. is that your
1: sort of like benchmark for for when it's gone mainstream <laughs> um yeah it well yeah maybe maybe <laughs> I think I think maybe beer is going to be the commodity I'm going to be paying for other things with beer that'll be it yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll have to see I think I think there just hasn't I mean it'd be really interesting I saw what, there, what was it Venezuela or one of those countries has, has like switched out their I think, national it, was Argent-
0: I think it was Argentina no uh, maybe
1: Argentina yeah like yeah. they switched out their national currency currency for Bitcoin or a or digital cryptocurrency but crazy like it, it's it's coming down the track yeah. And it's going to be hitting the mainstream and, 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 and that's going to really shake things up. I think it's changing people's relationship with money and how they pay for things, though, which is a bigger, a bigger conversation which we can get into. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily have the right answer for it. But I think the way in which we understand and treat money um, is, is changing dramatically. We have, we have a different relationship than we used to have with it.
0: So what what do you think about like in what sense do you mean that? As far as like the kind of respect that we have for money, the way it, it goes in between people as far as consumers are concerned, or what are you? Well mean? I think
1: I think by having a digital currency or even um even with the fact that we don't even touch money anymore. I mean, I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but I honestly I walk down the street and I don't have I don't have money to give to homeless people because I I literally don't have. You don't
0: carry cash. cash. I get you. I don't carry
1: cash. I can't remember the last time I had cash. Yeah. And so when you're spending, and you're not spending physical money, you haven't got that hundred bucks in your in your wallet, and you can't see I've only got fifty left. I've got twenty left. You you're just you're you're it's driving that consumer mindset. Right. And so your attachment to the things that you're purchasing actually you could argue is becoming less how can how can
2: like cryptocurrency ever really be mainstream though this is something that's bugged me about it for a while right like the whole concept is that it's decentralized right that there's no central authority governing how the currency operates but in order for it to be like a government currency or to have mainstream adoption, the, you, you know, the powers that be are going to have control, right? That's just, there's yeah. no way around it. So wouldn't yeah. that just kind of like defeat the purpose of even going that route with blockchain versus like, we have ledgers now, they're just not public.
1: Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, what you're seeing with big tech in general is actually then becoming as powerful as governments and and this is this in effect yeah. is that you know the democratization is good the transparency is good but at the end of the day you've got to have national states looking out for people otherwise the gap between the rich and the poor is going is we're going to end up in the hunger games basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know um it's just uh, and but i don't know i don't know the answer um but on one hand it is really dangerous, um, because it just, it's so decentralized that it's out of, it's almost out of regulation. It's out of control. No one, no one really knows it. It becomes that other market. Um, I'm not saying we're in a great state right now. Um, depending on your <laughs> socialist versus capitalist persuasion, but, but, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shift and I, I don't know. I don't know the answer.
2: Yeah. It's wild. I, um, I, I got into to trading in Bitcoin and altcoins a few years back and, um, you know, got pretty, got pretty involved with it. And, you know, the swings are so crazy and so drastic compared to something like the stock market. Yeah. Like you can, you can go to bed and wake up the next morning and either lose or gain 15 grand and, yeah. just, you know, off of like 300 bucks, you know, and it's crazy. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe not quite that big of a swing overnight, but you get what I'm saying, like compared to the stock market, it's it's like, it moves so quickly that if you're not paying attention, I mean, I've heard horror stories of people, you know, who have like re- taken out a second mortgage on their house and dumped yeah. it into Bitcoin right before the crash. And like, you know, it's it's just wild, the the
1: volatility there. Yeah, and I think that's it. You're, as long as it remains volatile like that, it, it, it can't go anywhere. Anywhere near the mainstream. It just can't. Um, Everybody's too scared. Everyone's too scared. By the way, don't put your house (laughs) on Bitcoin. Yeah, never. Never, never. I mean, it's kind of like a a bet, right? Where effectively you're you're betting on a football game and and you're like, I'm going to put my house in this because, you know, the 49ers, they're going to kill this. Um, But... You never know never never bet more than you can lose I'm uh, yeah. willing to lose but it so the, is it, it is a gamble right now i like how you adapt your references by the way yeah um, <laughs> i'm all i'm all over the u.s thing yeah you're doing great like <laughs> i don't think i could do even near as well the other direction <laughs> well look it's easy like you've totally infiltrated our world basically we just watch us shows the whole time um i don't even know who i am anymore
2: well i'll tell you um (laughs) my wife and i and my son actually got really into the great british bacon show which i guess is called something different over there well, it's called the
1: Great British Bake Off. That's it. So, yeah, even though we're in Britain, we still use the word Britain.
0: in the Wait, Is this on Netflix or is this just like on, a, on regular TV? It's BBC, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. yeah? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's That's great. Nice. It's a cooking, cooking competition. It's fantastic. <laughs> they go outside in a tent and they cook all sorts of awesome stuff. Makes yeah. you really hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and my wife makes me go. I've been through like nine seasons of that thing. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man yeah it's it's uh it's it's pretty quintessentially british isn't it so
2: yeah i guess they couldn't call it (laughs) bake off here um i think it was pillsbury owned the trademark okay wow and so they had to call it the great british baking show and (laughs) and the, the the title screens and everything are different and uh, but they still call it Bake Off on the show. That's how I found out because I was like, "What are they talking about Bake Off? What is this Bake Off? Like, this is that's not what this is called." So, but we get the we get the second hand version um you, after it's been through legal.
1: How do you do? You guys in the U.S. obviously, you you guys are you know educated, outward looking gentlemen. So you uh, kind of uh, you, you're <laughs> watching things like Bake Off, Lewis. You're not. You're not. You need some help, but don't. Sorry, <laughs> man. You know. Um, how do you get your how do you come across are they you know us the us is so prolific in its its media and its shows how do you guys find new stuff from around the world
0: oh honestly like i just i get it from netflix anything that netflix kind of like sends to me i've been watching a lot of like uh like german shows i forgot the name there's like this one time traveling show but it's like you know what i love though i love the fact that like being from the u.s you're in this bubble and then i start to see all this cinema and everything from outside i'm like bro the quality is so sick and some of the stories are just unbelievable better than the shit that we're putting out like honestly in the united states a lot of times you know if, i mean i you don't know. think
2: i don't think there's been a rig- an original movie come out in the u.s in a long time no, like, everything's man. a sequel or a spinoff it is okay. in the 90s we had all these great movies come out which i'm not going to name any because then you're all going to judge my taste in <laughs> movies we're already judging
0: you anyway don't worry about it
2: <laughs> but then but then the 2000s the 2010s and everything like it's all been like you
1: know transformers six
0: yeah, really. yeah like exactly and furious
2: 19 you know like <laughs> it's 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 all just rebooted over and over they just redid jumanji you know and it's like it's a new movie now it's a different type of movie but it's still jumanji they just redid jumanji you know yeah. twice yeah.
0: We talked about this with, uh, we had an illustrator that, uh, from DC Marbles and George's Genti He was on, and we talked about how it's like this data driven artistic stuff. That's what you're talking about. Basically. Yeah. You they're know? like this
2: movie will sell tickets. Let's, exactly. uh, let's make 13 more of them and
0: yeah. not come up with new creative stuff. Because we know it'll sell X amount, and and that's okay with us. Just enough to get it across the line. Yeah, it's funny, (laughs) isn't
1: it? It's kind of like the better the devil you know idea. This this movie has some kind of equity, some kind of brand, some kind of audience, and we and and it's you know like the diminishing the returns are just going like that. But we can still
0: rinse that thing a little bit more. Exactly, get out the next. (laughs) That's exactly it. Next episode. You remember when like like uh like when it used to be like offensive that they would show brands like like bands or anything. Like that, like you know, in the music world, like you felt like this band's like, oh man, these guys are jokers. They're showing like a Dunkin' Donuts cup in their video. They're sellouts, blah (laughs) blah 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 blah. blah. And now it's like just rampant. Oh, like product placement, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm old, so that's 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 showing my age. But someone's
1: got to someone's got to pay for it. I mean, the thing is, with so much content, right? There's there's less and less viewers per show and and the model has been democratized again like the whole the whole whole netflix model you know there's so many streaming services yeah probably isn't that same kind of revenue per movie that or show that there once was i mean there's exceptions so they've got to put that stuff in there they've got to pay for it i guess
0: you were talking about how you had to be creative you know uh in in your approach right to the market essentially now because of everything that's going on so so what ways were you you know what kind of new creative ways are you using to to approach customers, or you know, retain customers, or you know, what have you?
1: Yeah, um, and and I and I don't know how creative I really am. I mean, you can be the judge, you know. Yeah. Um, but but I think there's 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 it it comes down to the context of customer and you know, uh, and how and and what you do with that, and I guess that drives some of the creativity. So. So let me think. So I was, uh, I was after, a, I'll give you two examples. I was after a couple of different prospects. They, they were completely ghosting me. They were based in the UK mm-hmm. and I thought, man, this should be easy to contact these guys, you know? Um, but, and you do have to be careful with GDPR. You can't just go getting their mobile phone number <laughs> and, and ringing them up. It's not, you can't, it's, you can't do that. And of course they're not sitting at their desk cause it's pandemic. So you, you haven't got the direct dial. Right. Um, so so for so for, one, so for one of them I I went on her Facebook profile and uh, I, I, she she was she was a CEO and she was really into documentaries. I can't quite remember how I figured this out, but anyway, <laughs> right. like I'm not this sounds this sounds a bit nuts, but I'm more than crazy stalking her. But anyway, I had a quick look on her profile. Like she she was posting about how I I I'm really into docu series. Got any recommendations? So I made her a YouTube playlist with my top 10 docu-series things and sent it over in an email. And was just like, hey, I I heard that you love docu-series. I heard you're looking for some new stuff. And I did like a little like narration. Oh, I love this. I love this show because of this. (laughs) And so I sent it over to her. And, uh, you know, that's that's one way to book a meeting. Listen, that's (laughs) Um, awesome, actually. I like
0: that. That whole thing is like incredibly like well set up. You know, it's
1: like, it's like the, 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 the modern version of the mixtape,
0: right? (laughs) But you know, what's cool about it is that like, you're, you're, you're really taking an interest in the person. And I think that's really what like wins it over more than anything And that. If somebody's really taking that interest in you, I mean, you got, you got to give them, you got to give them some time. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know.
1: Yeah. And, and you, and it's a, there's a fine line between, you know, really stalking them and, and yeah, of you like a psycho. Um, and, and actually sending them <laughs> something quite cool. It Tell your daughter hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Screenshots of your front porch. Hello. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Here's me hiding in the grass. outside. <laughs> <it. What>? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, so that was one example. <laughs> Um but a, another one was uh so I, I'm a, I'm a big rugby fan myself and I came across this guy a, he was a he was a a product owner at a, a fairly big SaaS company in the UK he was ghosting me as well like I was like dude come on we're about the same age you know just 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 tell me that you don't want to hear from me or something right uh in the end I I knew that he loved, liked rugby. I knew that actually he was a Kiwi, so he was from New Zealand, which means he definitely liked rugby. And so I sent him... There was, a, there was an all-black... All-blacks of the New Zealand rugby team. There was an all-black game coming up that week. And I was like, this is perfect. So I sent him Amazon vouchers for beer. I bought him, like... I can't remember, like, probably US, like, 50 bucks worth of beer. And I was like, dude... Oh,
0: my God. Enjoy
1: dude. the game. Like I know you love rugby, come on, go A B's, go the All Blacks, and I uh, hope to chat to you soon. And he just wrote back. He's like, "Man, I didn't talk to anyone, but I'll talk to you." Like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we just chatted about rugby, like, and it was cool.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So that's like, the, it's kind of like the uh, the slow progression towards a relationship, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta work it for the person, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, and. You, yeah, you can get creative. So some of those outbound sales things, some of those customer success retention things, might require a little bit of different creativity. So just, just, just you know, the sky's the limit. Um, yeah. As long as you're not hiding in people's you know, in the grass, yeah, yeah. sending so kind of random stuff,
2: screenshots. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. so maybe maybe the maybe the, yeah. the bottom of the clouds is the limit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, but I think I think do you know what I think the thing is that tech and tech is so well modeled in terms of the processes now that it's not about necessarily doing the process anyone can do the process or anyone can run a sales team in a certain, you know to a certain degree because yeah. the models there it's, it's how do you make your life, your, your, like you come to work for eight hours a day. How do you make that interesting? Yeah. And so hopefully if you do make it interesting, you do, it, you do a good job for the business that you're working for and you enjoy yourself and yeah. everyone along the way.
2: So yes. speaking of interesting things, I know I spent some time in the payment space. Um, what is, what's the most interesting thing that a customer that you've seen a customer selling? right so like i know i know like we had oh, some I really weird this is going to so. get, get bad, bad. <laughs> this is going to get <laughs> bad please <laughs> it was worth a shot
1: <laughs> okay all right um well,
0: we so <laughs> I, you don't have to answer that this is the, the sky is the limit i'm sure in this an old I'm,
2: customer that you don't have now
1: that you haven't worked yeah, with yeah yeah either. absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i've changed all the names yeah so. <laughs> no but there was <laughs> we, we, we have some weird stuff going on Like um, <laughs> I see some weird stuff um, but there's you know there's horses of course there's something out there for everyone um, I wish I could remember the name of this business but the, the name of this business had the word pig in it and um, anyway it was, a ma- it was male fetish stuff because I was like what I can't remember why it popped up like Anyway, because we, we're doing, like, millions of pa- – you know, there's millions of payments going through the system. But yeah, yeah. I can't remember how this custom, customer popped up and I was like, what is that? Anyway, uh, they, <laughs> they, they actually got shut down. Yeah. So, this, so there was those guys. And, I mean, it was an amazing website. I, I don't know who took those pictures, but I, don't, I can't get them out of my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it
2: we had um, a scarred,
1: scarred for life um, yeah so that's probably the that's probably the weirdest stuff i've seen that we didn't intentionally work with but you know they were using our system but um yeah i mean we 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 get you, we get people moving uh, ammunition like selling ammunition between country countries we care um
0: can you do that you could sell between countries like that i didn't think, i thought you have to be like in country to buy it you know
1: I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's legit. So (laughs) it's like, they
2: they passed all of the quality checks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We had a guy, Lewis and I ran a Shopify app for a little while and we had a guy on there who is like brilliant product. Right. Um, He basically, you know, like the little ear earbuds that you can, the foam earbuds you can put in your ears, like neon um, orange. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah he like they use them in the military and he bought the like um the blanks they, like, they can make big sheets and then the machines like punch out all of the earbuds and it the leaves these little holes wow. all through the thing it looks like swiss cheese and uh we didn't realize what it was at first but he, he's selling them as like mats to lay on and look at the stars at concerts and, and stuff at, like, and like concerts and stuff
0: this guy's so, my hero you know,
2: yeah dude you know you know the margin's gotta be huge he's basically just like hey i'll take your trash from the factory and spinning it around i thought that's brilliant
1: <laughs> like, i mean i mean that that's great i love that like it's it, i mean that is ecological right that's good for the environment i'm sure yeah, he, he's making a buck out of it um
0: yeah
2: and thousands of people are able to lay and look at the stars without
1: getting grass on their backs
0: <laughs> you know it's important
1: here they, ha- they haven't realized that actually if you lay on them, you- it causes terrible acne. But anyway, that's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: yeah, I imagine you get up and you just have circles all over you. <laughs> <Yeah>. all <laughs> right. no, I'm sure if it's made out of the earphone stuff, it's all all good for the for the body. But yeah, no, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, it's some weird yeah. stuff in the payment space, I'm sure. You yeah, know. I mean, we see like... <clears throat> I- I'm surprised that some of the transactions that we see, you know, people spend a... Like I've seen a quarter of a million dollars go go through on a credit card. Yeah. Um and you're like, wow, man, who's just who did that? Do you want to grab a beer
2: later? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> that would definitely be breaking like GDPR cards, like yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can <laughs> we can be friends, right? Like uh, Do you
0: guys do you guys deal in like C B D payments and stuff like that? Because we used to be in the C B D space. Is that like uh is that like how's that going over there? Like uh <laughs>
1: yeah I think the CBD thing is a shifting a shifting world i think and and it kind of with the payment providers that we deal with and the banks you know they' they're constantly changing changing their view on it yeah. Um, so yeah we uh, we actually get quite a lot of like inbound requests for help to find payment services that accept Cbd stuff um, and you know there's there's actually not that many vendors and banks and Payment that will work with CBE stuff still, yeah. um, but in the UK you're seeing more and more of these companies that actually sell CBE stuff on the high street as well. So it's, it's becoming more accessible. They're having to pay through the nose through the for the card processing fees and stuff like that. Um, and and to be honest, I'm not entirely sure why. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's I don't know. What do you guys think? What was your experience selling it? Was it It was was a
2: nightmare it was was a nightmare so like uh we actually this was one of mine lewis's earlier projects before the pandemic um we started this cbd brand and um just getting a bank account for it was almost impossible right it's like when you talk about credit card processing that's one thing but the credit card processor has to be able to dump money somewhere yeah and if there's no bank account you're you know at square one so um we ended up um we ended up essentially like taking the business uh, sort of in a different, like broader, more broad direction so that we could get a bank account or some of our other services and then have that as sort of like a secondary thing that we did yeah. Um, instead of like the same, the major focus. Um, but yeah. And then, and then getting the payment processing, I think I called maybe 150 processors. No, more than, more than 50 bro. Yeah. I mean, it was like weeks, like just on yeah. the phone, like every five minutes with a different, you know, cause they all, you know, the high risk processors, they all want to sell you, you know, they get yeah. their sales guys and they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to change your life. We can, we can, you know, underwrite murder for hire. It's all good. <laughs> you know, and,
0: <laughs> and,
2: and, you know, but then, but then you find out like, Oh, but we need you to incorporate in Nairobi and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and like all this other weird stuff. And so um, we eventually were able to get it all set up, but it took us a few months. And at the end of the day, we were paying big fees Um, and we did have to deal with the bank account getting shut down, you Mm -hmm. know, once in the middle of stuff and we had to go and spin up a new account somewhere else. And which is, which is nuts, right? Because
1: effectively, well, like you're a legit business. You're selling a legit product. You're, You're good guys. Um, you're not selling to drug lords or you're pushing Coke on the streets. You know, you're not doing that stuff. Um, and, And I suspect like for fraud, like you were talking about fraud earlier. Like I suspect your fraud was like, would be super low. Like Mm -hmm. the people legitimately want this stuff. Like zero chargebacks. Yeah. You're not stealing credit cards to go and buy a load of CBD oil. Right. Right. (laughs) And the, and the other thing is like, if you can't, if you can't process the payment through a, a kind of pretty regular bank account or merchant account, that you'd get on the, you know, that, uh, that a regular business would get, then you're going to go down the Bitcoin route. You're going to have to find these alternative payment methods. And then you're and then you just effectively forced to be in, in a different economy that is not particularly well looked after and regulated because you can't operate in the, the, the mass economy. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not helpful. I don't think it's helpful for anyone to do that. Yeah, it's like the, the
2: cannabis businesses out on the West Coast and stuff. They're all cash only.
0: Yeah, it's so dangerous.
2: You
1: know, just walking around with like Crazy. hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Yeah, It's wild and, and exactly and and and, the, and for the U.S. government, it's like, well, Uncle Sam's not getting his tax dollars probably either, because it's easy not to do your tax on that, um, or easier. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't help. It doesn't really help. You know. Yeah. So, so I got
2: a question for you here. Um, this okay. is we like to we like to pick out a question to ask people that's you know kind of light. And now that you've made it a little ways through your beer, maybe it'll be the right time. <laughs> I'm limber. I'm all limbered up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you had to be a Siamese twin with one other
1: person, <laughs> who would you pick to be stuck with? This is one of the questions that you need to warn me about. Um, <laughs> Partly because I might might say something ridiculous. That's but okay. <laughs> we can edit. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I'd probably be like with Dwayne Johnson or something.
2: Yeah. How tall yeah. are you? Yeah.
1: Well, That's this gonna... is this is the funny this, this is the funny part because he would literally carry me around. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't be like with an attractive lady because I'd be distracted all the time, <laughs> and Dwayne Johnson's just like everyone loves James, Dwayne Johnson, right? The Rock, and yeah, he's she- probably going to be president, you know. So, uh, yeah i hope so and and i'm gonna be <laughs> alongside with him he works
2: out really hard man like i've heard he like he like hours and hours like every day like you yeah. would,
1: you would be there for the whole thing this is true <laughs> there would be a lot of sweat passing going when, on.
0: when he like what broke that gate down you'd have Ugh. to be right alongside with him like tell him like throw it over there like you know I guess there
2: was no stipulation on on how you were conjoined. That's true. This is, this that's is true. true.
1: That's a this technicality. Is, uh, cool. I <laughs> feel like just, I, <laughs> I'd be more like a backpack for doing. <laughs> like oh, I, love I, it. <laughs> I don't know. I need more warning on those types of questions. To come
0: on no, with no, good. no,
2: that's perfect. That's good. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, I'm dying. Well, okay. to,
0: you know. I, I know that this was an interesting conversation, kind of off the cuff, you know, I mean, uh, you know, kind of unknown, but I, the, the free form of cover, I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for joining us, you know.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. I think it's great. I love the, I love, I love, love it off the cuff. So it's good.
2: Do you want to drop some uh, URLs out there, anything for, for Shuttle? And um, how can people find out more about you guys?
1: Yeah, so you can go to shuttleglobal.com. Um we are expanding this year um if you're a, like if you're a QuickBooks user, you might end up using one of our apps to get your invoices paid um so yeah, you might find us in different marketplaces, but you know if you're running a saAS business they're the kind of guys that we want to talk to um We want to stitch up this kind of global payments situation and and enable tech tech companies to be able to work globally and acquire customers globally. That's the point of cloud computing. So, yeah, shadowglobal.com. Check it out. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Otherwise, um, if you want to chat about, you know, creative sales stuff or, you know, my affection for Dwayne Johnson, then yeah. hit me. Up.
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: Fantastic. All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. That's it for the Sinlio podcast. You can find more episodes at www.sinlio.com.